accumulation, preservation, generation. At Busey Bank, these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families. With sound advice and vast resources, partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out today. Guy Relford filling in. And right now, let's bring on one of our favorites, uh, finance and economics editor from Breitbart, John Carney. John, I'm sure you've probably heard that expression, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to see it or hear it, did it really make a sound? I kind of feel like that's the case with this CPI inflation report that came out yesterday. It's a heavy news cycle. You know, we're talking about the war in Israel, the Speaker of the House drama, and I don't know how many people paid attention to this report that came out, but I feel like more people probably should have. Yes, people should pay attention. One of the great things about it, because what it showed is that inflation is not going down. It came in hotter than expected. Uh, and so, you know, the, the storyline, which was like inflation is defeated, uh, is was really disrupted by this latest inflation report. We saw that the month-to-month number increased 0.4%. That's a big jump in inflation. And if you annualize that, meaning if, you, if we had this much inflation for the rest of the year, that comes out to 4.9%. Uh, even if you take it back a little bit, some people like to say, well, one month, you know, things can go up and down. So they take like a three month version and say three month annualized. Right. If we had what if the last three months, if we projected that for the rest of the year, what would happen? Well, that also gives you four point nine percent inflation. That's a lot of inflation. It's way higher than the Federal Reserve's two percent target. It really speaks to the fact that inflation is proving a lot stickier, a lot more persistent than anybody thought it would. The good news on that is I don't think people depend on the data to tell them that inflation is high because they go to the grocery store, they try to take you know their family out to eat, they try to fill their gas tank up, and they see that inflation is still very strong and prices are still rising way too fast. Yeah, there's no doubt the average family, you know, they see the cost of everything and they realize they've got less money than they did a year ago or the amount of groceries they bought last year. The same amount cost a hell of a lot more. But do you think the Biden administration caught a break? And I hate to use that term break because, again, there's horrible things happening in the world. But did they catch a break because there weren't a lot of stories about this awful report yesterday? Yeah, I think I think they did. Uh, And I also saw a lot of Biden supporters um, in the media and elsewhere and, you know, mainstream economists uh, on the left, more or less trying to gaslight people about inflation. They said, oh, you know, uh, Paul Krugman tweeted out that, like, we, you know, the victory of 
basically a victory parade. You know, we, we won. The war over inflation is over. But, of course, you know, that's just not true. One of the tricks they do is they say, well, if you don't count shelter, gas, and food, inflation's not up by that much. <laughs> Everything else is fine, but other than the things you desperately need to live day to day, other than that, things are great. Right. And so, you know, I, I joke that, you know, the, 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 the real thing that they're trying to do is just take out everything that went up in price. And if you do that, then guess what? There's no inflation. You know, it's, it, so basically what they're doing is they're taking inflation. And if you minus inflation from inflation, you get zero. And sure, everything is just fine. This actually, there's a long history of economists trying to do that. It, it really began back in the 1970s when the Fed chair was Arthur Burns. And he was convinced that a lot of things that were showing up in inflation weren't actually inflationary. So he said, you know, we had a, the OPEC uh, oil embargo in the 1970s. So he said, okay, so take oil out. And then we had uh, food prices start to go. And he thought that was because of El Nino. So he said, take food out. And then eventually he started taking out almost anything that was going up in price. So he, they took out mobile homes at one point. They took out jewelry. Pretty, <laughs> And if you take out all of the things that people want to take out, you're actually, particularly food, energy, and shelter, you're left with half of what actually goes into CPI. So that you're you're actually taking, you're, you're not even counting half of the things that the government uses to calculate inflation. And so of course we got a good number. It's just a ridiculous thing. And what happened in the 70s when they started trying to calculate inflation that way is real life inflation got out of control. It went super high and they weren't paying attention to it because they became fixated on these, you know, carved up artificial versions of inflation that they were, that made them feel better about the numbers. We're speaking with John Carney, finance and economics editor at Breitbart. Do yourself a favor and check out the Breitbart Business Digest, which is co-authored by John as well as uh, Alex Marlowe, the Breitbart editor-in-chief. You can sign up for that at Breitbart.com backslash newsletters. And John, one of the articles you've got out at Breitbart. The headline reads, Consumer Sentiment Plunges as Inflation Fears Mount and Expected Business Conditions Crash. Now, for the layman, put this in their terms here, because there's some scary words in here. I see plunge. I see fears. I see crash. Break this down for us. Right. So this is from the University of Michigan's monthly survey of consumer sentiment. It's the oldest and best sentiment, you know, survey that we have about how American households feel about the economy. And it fell much more than expected. It had been it had sort of leveled out. It bounced back a little earlier in the year and then it leveled out for July and August. Now it's crashing again. Why are people feeling worse? Well, two things drove it. One, people are more worried about inflation. Their expectations for inflation over the next year went up by a lot. People now expect inflation to run about 3.6% over the next 12 months. And their concerns over what business conditions will be like over the coming year uh, also deteriorated a lot. That was a big crash. So people are really worried about the, the overall economy over the next, call it six months. So that has sapped consumer sentiment. Uh, and you, traditionally, big drops in, consu- in consumer sentiment lead people to pull back on spending, 
to say, but particularly on big ticket items, cars, appliances, that sort of thing. And so uh, this is a warning um, that, yes, the economy is growing pretty strong right now, but people are getting worried. Now, I will put a note of caution. That's happened before. We've had some pretty big downturns in consumer sentiment. But people, because the jobless rate has remained very low, people have been able to keep spending. So maybe we don't get the pullback in consumer spending in the near term, but still people feel pretty terrible about the economy. And frankly, if if I were the Biden administration and, you know, the people on the campaign trying to get Biden reelected, I would be very worried about that because I consider the consumer sentiment measure to really be actually better than the the polls that ask, you know, who you're going to vote for. People answer, you know, uh, in a, for a lot of weird reasons, they, they give weird answers to who are you going to vote for. But generally, if they're very unhappy with their economic situation and with the condition of the country, then they're going to vote for the challenger and not the incumbent. John Carney is our guest of Breitbart. He is their finance and economics editor. So, John, about Monday of last week, you know, after the first weekend of the war, the attacks in Israel, we started hearing those rumors that the cost of gas is going to skyrocket. This is going to be bad for the economy. Not that there's ever a good time for a spike in gas prices, but especially right now, are you hearing anything about any extra additional costs here in America as a result of what's going on with Israel? Yes, I think that there was initially a, there was there was initially a spike in the price of oil. It hasn't held up. That is very likely not because uh, people think you know oh there won't be an impact on oil from the war. There very well may be. Um, And traditionally, when you have trouble in the Middle East, that pushes up the price of oil, which pushes up the price of gasoline. Uh, But in this case, actually, there may be some downward pressure on the price of gasoline because people expect economic weakness in China, economic weakness in Europe. And we just saw the consumer sentiment numbers, which hint that maybe we'll have a weaker economy in the U.S. as well. And a weaker economy means people use less oil and less petroleum products in general. So that you know you have these two things. The the war pushing up prices, the potential for a recession, not just here but around the world, uh, pushing down prices. So that's the tug of war we're seeing in oil and gas prices right now. Finance and economics editor from Breitbart, John Carney. John, awesome stuff, man. We'd love to do this again sometime soon. Absolutely. I love coming on with you guys.